0: You got it. I'm not going to talk very long because I'm going I'm to let the youth share some stuff and then pray for you guys uh, probably at the end. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. So beware of practicing your piety in front of others in order to be seen by them. So does that mean that any time you do something good in God's name, you have to hide it? Why not? Maybe it will help other people. What was the other? So, okay, so... Tom says, actually, Jesus isn't saying make sure you do everything secretly. He's checking your motivation, your intention. Your integrity, what? So other people need to see what faith looks like. Mm-hmm. So like Matthew 5, 16 says, uh, no one light well 14 through Matthew 5.14, no one lights a lamp, puts it under a bowl. No, they put the light on the stand so it can give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds. Okay, so Matthew 5, let your light shine before men so that they can see your good deeds. Matthew 6, be careful not to do pe- good deeds in order for people to see. The atheists look at that. Oh, it's contradictions. See, so your Bible's full of contradictions. No, the Bible's full of tension. Real life is complicated and has nuance and detail. And if you can't handle that, if you want to make things simple, then I guess you're just going to believe a lot of stupid nonsense. Right? That's just too complicated. I'm just a good old boy. Well, then your life's going to be hard. Because if you're going to be dumb, you'd better be tough. Or you can adjust your understanding to reality... And that's what Jesus is doing here. Here's the reality. People need to see Christians living out love. Amen. They need to see that. They've seen a lot of not that. We've seen a lot of not that. We need to see, we, it, do you know how stabilizing it is when someone just lives with integrity? Life feels meaningful When you can look to people who have lived with integrity. When you look around and your heroes are falling into sin, it makes you want to not be a Christian anymore. And that's not something's wrong with you. That's things are operating by the natural laws of influence. So it's extremely important that you do good deeds for people to see to glorify God. That's the motive behind doing them in public. But it's also extremely important that you not do good deeds for people to give you credit. And here's what he says don't do good things in order for people to think well of you, because if you do that, you won't receive a reward from the Father. No. In Hebrews 11, it says it's impossible to, possible to please God without faith, because the one who trusts God, the one who believes, has to believe first, number one, that God exists. And number two, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So here's, here's, here's your short talk. If God is your intention in the action, then you'll get God. He shows up where he's wanted and only where he's wanted much of the time. Sometimes I said this morning, he crashes in by grace where he's not even wanted, but he always comes where he's wanted. So if your intention in your action is genuinely him, and see, by the way, we don't know our hearts very well, do we? This is why Jesus says, when you fast, do it in secret, don't let anyone know. When you pray, do it in secret, don't let anyone know. When you give money, do it in secret, don't let anyone know. He doesn't mean you can only pray in secret, does he? 1 Corinthians 11, my people, the Mennonites, they used to make sure the women had head coverings on based on 1 Corinthians 11, which says that the head covering is so that the woman can prophesy in public with a sign on her head that indicated that she was not a loose woman. Loose women in their culture had long hair out in public because your hair is a sexually provocative piece of furniture. And if you let it down in that culture, it's like saying, I'm a loose woman. So they would... Put it under a covering so that the women in public could have a sign of their dignity and authority so that they could, they don't have microphones, but so that they could grab the mic and speak and prophesy, it says, pray and prophesy in public. I think it's funny that in my tradition, women weren't allowed to talk in the services much of the time, but we pushed the head covering. Oh, contradiction. It's Dr. Wu from my seminary. Oh, contradiction, contradiction. What's my point? Not all the praying has to be in secret. But it's important that a certain amount of our praying is in secret because we don't know our motives. And when no one can be like, oh, you're really spiritual. When nobody can see you but the Father, it's, it's a way of developing something where you can... You know what's crazy, guys? I can be in my, in my prayer closet praying and, pre- and preaching imaginary sermons to an imaginary pe- group of people who aren't even in the room. But I brought them into the room by myself. So I'm still not in secret, even though I'm in secret. I get so frustrated. I'm like, God, would you get these people who are in me out of here? I want this to be about us. If it's about this, he shows up. And if you get a whole group of people whose motive is genuinely him, do you understand how much more his power is present? Yes. In his hometown, Jesus says, in his hometown, they were going through the motions. They had religion, they didn't have faith, because you know the difference is what I just described. There's times in the Bible, like in the prophets, like Amos and Isaiah, they say, take away from me the noise of your songs. God says, I hate your singing. Now, I bet you their singing was good. But God says, I hate your singing. Take it away. Why? Because your singing is connected to a heart and a life that isn't doing my will. We're, like, if we live in such a way that we walk with him and we, you know, I, well, one of my favorite verses is Isaiah 66, verses 1 and 2, where God says, like, I, like, Heaven can't, f- I fill heaven and earth. No house you build could contain me, but here's where I live. Here's, where I, here's where I, what I delight in. I delight in the one who's humble and lowly and contrite, who trembles at my word. I don't want your bulls. I don't want your goats. I don't want your songs. I don't want your public displays of how godly you are to your community. You know what I want? I want you authentically from the heart to want My will. And when you want me, I'll reward you. You know what I'll reward you with? The highest reward, me. So if you get a group of people, this, by the way, is the secret of the, of the great saints, the men and women of old who have fruit in their life. This is their secret. They want God. They genuinely want God. And because they genuinely want God, they got God. There was a grace of God himself on their life. They, suddenly, because, it was, because God was in it, They were able to do things they could never do. It it was them, but it wasn't them. Right? It was them, but it was more than them. Because when they acted, God was on it. God was in it. Because they genuinely wanted him. Now, you and I are very quick to say, well, of course I want you. Of course my motives are pure. This is is why God's not just given us uh, a salvation when we go to heaven gospel, but he's given us a kingdom coming to earth gospel and tools, guys. He's given us tools. Tools. Means of grace. Spiritual disciplines. Daily meditating on his word with no one around but him and you to build history with God, to hear his voice. Discipline, discipline. These guys, you guys... We were at a bonfire spiritually this weekend, weren't we? Like, I mean, like a, a bonfire you could see for miles, like a like a barn burning down. That level of fire, to where the paint on the vehicles hundred feet away, or, you know, you ever you ever seen a house fire where it's so hot that you're across the street and you can't get any closer because there's just such a and like paint is bubbling on the on siding is melting on nearby houses and sagging, and you're like, this is bad. That's what we were at this weekend. But that's because there were a lot of logs on that fire. And the log is people surrender. It's our yeses. God the Holy Spirit is the fire. In the Old Testament, we read that, that when, they, when they consecrated the tabernacle to the Lord, David and the priests and the people all gave offerings. But it says fire fell from heaven and lit the sacrifices. And one of the commands that the priests have is to never, ever let the fires go out. Like the candles that were in the, in the, in the temple, Day and night, day and night, day and night. It's their job to keep the fires burning. In the New Testament, when we read Paul, say to pray continually, to pray without ceasing. How many of you think that Paul as a good Jew whose only Bible was the Old Testament? All he had was the Old Testament. He didn't have a New Testament yet. He hadn't written it. So the only Bible he had was the Old Testament, and the only thing he saw was Jesus on every page. How many of you think that when he says pray continually, pray without ceasing, he knows we are the temple and the flame is the abiding presence that comes. And when we're in it with sincerity, like Jesus said, when we do it with the motive of seeking the father, he's on it. it our motive is everything. So Paul says, pray continually. Why? Because it's God may light the fire, but it's the priest's job to keep it burning. So you could be at this this you know, bonfire we had this weekend, guys. But if you put no further logs on this fire in a few weeks' time or months' time, you'll be able to walk there, take a newborn baby in a a stroller, let's be very gentle, and lay down a blanket in that same spot where you couldn't even approach and it was like making, you know, paint melt on the cars. Now you could be able to walk up and lay a newborn baby down there and talk to it and just, there's no heat at all. Why? Nobody put more logs on the fire. It, I'm not, and I'm not even saying like that there was great sin. It was just neglect. I actually am tired of, yeah, I'm physically tired too. I'm tired of seeing people encounter Jesus for real and then five years later, they're living a godless lifestyle. I'm tired of seeing them put their hands on somebody to where God sp- like almost sears the skin on the person they're touching because the power is so intense. And then five years later, I'm looking on Facebook and I can see by what they believe and how they live, God is not even their priority. And I know it was real. They neglected and drifted. And then some people go, oh, see, it was never real. No, it was real. It was real, but we have a part to play. God lights the fires, but we are the ones who keep putting logs on the fires, keep putting logs on the fires. We are the ones. And, and what are the logs? Is it your daily devotions? Well, only if your motive is him. Is it your offerings to church? Well, only if your motive is true. Is it you're intensely going after more of those experiences? Well, only if your motive is him. Like a long time ago, I decided, you know, some people are like so disciplined. They want it to just be about discipline, life change, discipleship. And they don't like the intensity of, of emotion. Because when God crashes in and people get free of stuff they've been walking under for 20 years... How many of you know there's going to be some noise and there's going to be a little snot? Last night we were in the room and I was trying to talk to, to Anthony Gaiman and I, and I looked over and there was a kid who had like, I don't know, eight, ten inches of snot hanging out of multiple holes on his face. And he's just doing business with God. And he couldn't stop to even think about how he looked or looking or finding a Kleenex. And I said, hey, Steve, 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 help this boy. There's Kleenex over, go get that. He runs up on stage and helps the kid and I'm like, that's awesome. Faith looks like something. When you get free of stuff you've lived under your whole life, it looks like something. But if you start to chase that feeling instead of chasing Jesus, whew, that's not going to work. But you know what else I know? There's people that would hate that level of heat on that fire, that level of flames. They would hate that. They want to run away from that. And I'm like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? My goal is that we be so faithful and we be so disciplined and we be so, we do our part so well that what we experience there, we daily experience. And what we gave away to the people in the room, we can give it away to the people at the gas station and our job and our family and our friends. That when you show up for a family reunion, even though you're really stressed out because, oh my goodness, it's family. So you kind of revert to your roles growing up and it's like, oh, pray for me, I'm going home for Christmas. Oh. You're in your parents' house and you're like, oh man, what am I, 14 again? I'm 42. <laughs> and all those family dynamics come back. But if, if, if like we heard yesterday, if, if it's not about me, but it's about loving Jesus more than I love me, loving Jesus enough that I can take crosses, because when it's about me instead of Jesus, you know what happens? I resent the crosses and those who put me on them. And that's, that's where we stop growing. I'm not saying we stop obeying. We stop growing. We get arrested development at the point of how, do I love me or him more? Is it his will or mine? My will done in his name with Bible verses on it is I think normal in the church. My will with Bible verses tacked on. And you can tell by my lack of fruit. You can tell by how weak, how scared, how angry, how fearful, and I shove all that down and it becomes depression. And I hide it from you and then I take pills. I'm saying, actually, I I don't. And if you have to take pills, by the way, to get a leg up on the fight, please do. But don't stop there and stay there. Also seek healing. Also seek forgiveness. Okay, I think that's enough. I like to stop while I'm ahead. I have a friend who's super anointed, but he preaches two hours past the point of people's butt comfort. <laughs> the spirit and the heart can only take as much as the body will allow. <sighs> I mean, even Thanksgiving dinner needs to stop before we all die. It's like, should I say it? It's inappropriate. I had a cousin and he would be like, I gotta go to the bathroom and clear out some more stomach space. And I'd be like, are you serious? And he was dead serious, and that's how he rolled. It's like, sell the house, friends. Um, <laughs> I had another cousin. He'd be like, oh, I'm stuffed to the gills. I got to go eat a piece of bread with grandma's homemade jam to just calm my stomach. And I'd be like, what is your logic? All right. You guys experienced a lot of good stuff. Uh, what was a highlight for you personally? Aaron, any highlights? Oh, Gabe's grabbing for the
1: mic. A kid uh, fell on the ground and then screamed, I believe, and didn't move for 15 minutes. Actually, he screamed, I believe. He was actually on the ground when they started singing, and then he was up there on the stage shaking, and then he screamed, I believe, and he didn't move. And then we left, and he was still on the ground.
0: Was this the one that you guys were praying for? What was his name? Sawyer? Sawyer? So, Father, right now, we bless Sawyer in Jesus' name. I pray that the things you did in Sawyer's heart and life, you would seal in him. And like we heard about all weekend, that he would steward what you said, what you did in him long-term and let it bear fruit for you in Jesus' name. Any other highlights? Another kid
1: just couldn't get up. He just couldn't move. That, that was it. Why was that a highlight for you? Because he couldn't move. <laughs> No, the one that the one that the kid that fell on the ground and then the I was like, oh, is he gonna get up? Cause he's just kind of sitting in the middle of the floor and then and then someone was like, no, he, he can't even move his legs right now. He had his friend sitting next to him.
0: How's he gonna get to his
1: car to go home? No, that was Sawyer. Okay. He, I don't think Sawyer was able to walk that night.
0: No. Excellent. All right, microphone, please.
2: I don't know if you were talking about him, the kid couldn't even move. He was just on the ground, like, laying face down. Couldn't even move.
0: Some of you re- received... Uh, you, you, were, you two were called onto the stage. Is that too personal to talk about, or do you mind?
3: You want to go first? Okay. Um, well, I don't really know... Okay, I don't really know how to describe it, honestly. They nailed it. I know that. Yeah, I was absolutely sobbing. I would like to apologize to Mariah's hair for all my snot. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was, like, on the stairs. I was just, like, completely sobbing. And then I felt, like, a hand on my back, and they were like, hey, you should come up on stage. I was like, oh, cool, all right, that's fine. So I went up, and I just, I could not stand. I did not want to. I just wanted to fall and just keep crying. And eventually they were like, hey, stand up, and, like, he put his hand on my head, he said stuff that, like, made sense with me, like a... Do you remember anything that he said? Uh, me studying Queens and stuff. I remember that too. Day to day, yeah. And, and that was very creative. Artist. artist.
0: Drawing. Yes.
3: Artist. A lot of that. Yeah. And then he was like, started like praying over me and I just, I fell. I couldn't stand. Yeah. And I stayed there for a while. What was going on with you and God during all that? I have been struggling with him for a while asking for him to give me, like, a sign and stuff that he's there for me.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, the first night I was called on... I don't want to look that close.
0: <laughs> She's got you.
4: The first night I was called up on stage, and which was Friday night, and... That was the first time I felt God in a long, long, long time, probably all 16 years of my life. Um, Second day we went, I went in and, you know, I felt a little lighthearted and everything. And then I went in and I cried. I cried to the point where there were no more tears and past that. And I got rid of all the hate and guilt and I forgave so many people and... I just I felt him the whole entire time. And then there was a kid. I guess one of the highlights would be that uh, a kid saw an angel right near me. And that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever heard and that I could ever accept just to know that he really, truly does love me. You know, he healed my back pain, pain that I got the day before. He healed it almost instantly, and I last night in my dreams I had a bunch of names and, and just come to me, and one of them kept coming back, and it was the kid who prayed for my back pain, and I I hope he's okay, mm-hmm. and I everybody all the names that he gave me he knows, and I'm I'm open so. I just thank him for all of it, the whole experience, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got a painting? No, you got more than one painting? <coughs> just one? Did that guy say anything to you? And oh, that's a microphone. No, you don't want that. No, okay. okay. Sh- should I stand over here and ask you questions, and I say what you say? Did he say anything to you when he gave you that painting? Well, on the painting it says truth. Yeah, truth. And I've been struggling with the truth about myself
5: for a while. Right. And it's just like, how did he know? Right. And then he just prayed over me. I can't remember exactly what all he says. Just he knows that God's after my heart, and he knows that he's there for whenever I'm
0: ready. Interesting. God's after your heart, and he's there for whenever you're ready. I think the identity piece was was in the room. So, yeah. But he was making it during the whole service. Yeah. Or was it 2 days and then yeah. I asked him if I could take a picture after it was done. Ah. And then he just kept looking over me like I was curious. Can you guys hear do I need to say what she's She asked him, "Can I take a picture of this beautiful painting?" and he's like, "It's yours." Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I saw I saw you guys making friends with people. I was, I was like, wow. You're, we, I could have left the room and come back two days later, and you guys would have had a whole new set of little... Oh, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, at one point, I felt that I really needed to go and find somebody to pray for them, but I kept looking around the room, and I didn't, like, see anybody that really needed me in that moment. So I went back over to Autumn. was like, hey, I've, I need to talk to somebody and i turn around and i see this girl just collapse so i go up and i comfort her we talk a bit afterwards we have the same name and so that was interesting and then i it was like deja vu i've seen myself like comfort her before it was odd yeah but i saw the exact moment it wasn't just like oh i feel like i've done this before like i've actually like seen it before
1: this is a little less of it but the, The entire time, like, uh, since the uh, worship stopped, this one girl was sitting in the front laughing. The entire time. That was, it was all, I was like, I was wondering if she was okay, because the, I'm not, the entire rest of the three-hour time, she was laughing. Yeah, and she would, she would stop laughing, and then she'd sigh, and then she'd start laughing again. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, every five minutes.
0: I don't know, it was weird. And I wanted to talk about it. (laughs) Uh, and we can talk more about that kind of stuff at a, at a later time because sometimes when you're in a room full of people and the Spirit's moving, about 40% of it is God. Yeah, 60% is uh, uh, human. Right? Some people are in churches where they're, they're, they're taught that if the Spirit moves, they need to scream really loud. So they scream really loud because they feel God. It's really God they're feeling, but they're the ones screaming. They don't need to. And to some people, you know, honestly can't stand. But other people are in a culture where they grew up and everyone's supposed to fall down when the guy prays for them. So they fall down when they feel God. You know, That doesn't mean they're liars. It doesn't mean they're evil. It doesn't mean it's a devil. But you don't need to respond how other people around you are responding is really what I'm saying. And you don't need to feel like you're some sort of unbeliever for walking into a room where there's one guy's trying to say something into the mic. There's people screaming over here. There's somebody laughing over here. The loud guitar is still being loud and somebody else is like, I want you, Jesus. And you're like, I'm kind of an introvert, and this is too much sensory overload. I was feeling God, but now I just want to go outside and pray. That's fine. You don't have to feel bad about that.
4: I don't know. Um, I found out that Friday I had this huge coughing fit, and I thought it was because of pollen and everything, and it was God himself pulling out whatever sin I was, it was in me. Interesting. And I just, like, they can all attest. I just started coughing and it was really uncontrollable and it mm-hmm. was really scary for me and then come to find out the very next day, that Saturday, another kid with back pain who just almost just coughed up a lung, literally. Mm-hmm. And it was whatever Hopefully it was, literally. whatever yeah. demon that was attacking us, God was mm-hmm. taking it out. And I like it just clicked in my head that that, that happened and it's just amazing mm-hmm. to know, you know. I haven't always believed in him, right. and he believed in me the whole entire time. You know, yep. I'm still here, yep. and even when you, even if you feel like he's not there. This is what he's telling me to say is, even if you feel like he's not there, he's there no matter what, right mm-hmm. by your side. Even if you can't feel him, even if you feel like he's not there, even if you think he's not there, he's there. So don't lose hope, don't give up. Mm-hmm. He wants you to know that you're not just some pawn in a game of chess. Right. Yep. You're an individual you queen or king, whatever you are, you matter. You're not just some... Little thing. You're not a speck on a flower. You're not any of that. He wants you to know that He loves you yeah. no matter what. Yep. And I, I thank Him so much for using me right now. Mm-hmm. He could use anybody in this room, and He's mm-hmm. choosing me. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I never thought that was ever going to happen. You know, you think you don't believe, you don't think he's always there, and he chooses you out of all people. He chooses you, the one who hasn't always cared for him, the one who hasn't always loved him. He chooses you.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's grace. That's grace. grace. Please let those who really want to learn how do I hear God, how do I pray for people, how do I do this thing? let them let them practice with you. It, you're doing them a favor when you when you let them do that.
2: So this isn't just about me, it's also about Aunt Katie, but me and her were both like sitting on the floor, rocking back and forth in rhythm, and we didn't like realize it we, like, heard from, like, some of the girls and stuff, like, we were literally rocking in rhythm together. And she felt like she could just, like, she was super cold and I was super hot. Like, I felt like I was burning <laughs> up. She felt she was, like she, like, she was freezing and could just, like, shoot, like, ice out. And I felt like I could shoot fire out. <laughs> and it was just, like, it's super cool, but also freaky at the same time, because, like, how?
0: Kate and Pete are... They're real. They're real. You guys are real. You're real, and I, I, getting to know Pete a little better in the car, and hanging out, and getting Starbucks coffee, paying five dollars for it. coffee. <laughs> I'm in the. I was gonna say I'm in the wrong line of work. That's not true. I'm in the right line of work. Coffee was good, but it wasn't worth it. I can <laughs> I can do better. Where's my five dollars? Anyway, but no, you guys, it, these two right here, please pray for them because they're in way over their head. Just like me, but man, we got the right people in the job. Amen. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? That wasn't a dig. We need miracles. <laughs> well, I'm no, I'm saying humans. I want
5: to share my highlight. I have a couple, but I'll try to be short because I want my youth to pray, and if they're willing, but um, I think it was just so humbling to at the first night, like. Um, just to sit back and just witness the move of God on them. And, like, just the first night was like, whoa, what's going on? I'm looking at Pete and, like, <laughs> like what's going to happen next? But the second night, like, I felt like I was able to have experienced myself. But after I went through my experience and I got up to just sit back again, like, and watch the youth. And I was so proud of our youth because they're so selfless because— They experienced so much, but they took their experience and they went around and they were praying for others and they were, like, it was hard to get people, to to get our youth to leave. And I was like, at one minute, I think we're ready. The next minute, we're not ready. And I wasn't trying to rush them out the door. I wanted them to experience it. But I think also, and I'm going to just brag on them a little bit more, but like even Brian and Will Hart and Pop and John they all were coming to me and Pete and just saying, that's one of your youth. They, they just, like, yes, we were in the same shirt, but they they had so much to say for them. And they were so, like, they were bragging on our youth for us and telling, like, just had so much for them. Like, we couldn't even leave because they were going to get stuff for them and pe- they wanted to experience them. Like, Will Hart had, um, I hope you don't mind, I'm gonna say it, but Will Hart was like, we went, P and I went to, t- talk to Will Hart, and he's like, that girl's yours, right? And we're like, yeah, he's like, I got a Bible for her. Like, I'm gonna get her. And like, he couldn't find it, but he was, he took time to go find it. Like, and there's just so much, like, of those experiences, like the painting and stuff. But I actually gonna say that one of my biggest highlights was the car ride with the girls. (laughs) (laughs) The whole thing. Growing up, I never hung out with girls. Like, I always found them just, like, like um, not more of the guys. I, like, hung out with the guys. But something about hanging out with these girls and just, like, experiencing, like, the time with them and hearing their stories and their testimonies and their fun and their silliness was just probably, it'll be, like, one of my most highlights of my life. It was so much fun. I just loved it. There was a lot of Bruno Mars... Yeah, it was really good.
1: (laughs) You could not walk out of an experience like this and not be changed. There was something for everyone, and it was different for everyone, and uh, I was dealing with some stuff that I didn't even
0: realize I was dealing with. And I was... It's the age-old thing of you can't go to God without going through your heart. And so sometimes to avoid ourselves we avoid God. Because when you feel him, he comes through right here, and, and now you're dealing with emotion coming up that, that you didn't want to deal with necessarily. Yeah. Where we avoid God to avoid feeling what we feel. Because he's about the deep, and his deep calls to our deep. And when there's unforgiveness and depression, all the stuff we deal with as humans, you know. Me and Pete had our own little private session out in the car there for a while, and
2: um, I don't know if this really applies to anybody in here, but I was speaking to Will Hart because I didn't really know how to I, I, I'm still quite not sure, but hearing God's voice and what he, like how he speaks to us and tells us what to do and mm-hmm. what I concluded was it's always completely faith because he said sometimes what I say is just completely me and not always God. For instance, like when we when we were when he was giving out books, he said March eighth. Nobody was born on March eighth. Hmm. So it's not always God, sometimes it's him, and you just have to have
0: faith that what you're saying is him. In other words, there's risk involved. Yes. You could be wrong. Yeah. And he's willing to try. And like that takes a special heart of surrender to say, I'm gonna keep trying and I'm not gonna feel like a failure just because I missed it. I'm gonna keep trying. And the only way to learn is to try.
5: I didn't. I didn't even mention this to anyone. But um, I, he was signing my mine and Pete's book that we got, and um, I. He said, "What's your name?" And I said, "Kate." And my husband's name's Pete. And then he's like, "No, your name's Katie." And I was like, "I was like, I don't like being called Katie." But he knew, like he knew that my name was Katie and not Kate, which was really funny. It's just, but he signed it Kate anyways. So, <laughs> but I thought that was cool. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so here's just a real quick story. He was in an airplane and he accidentally smashed his laptop and the battery burst into... (laughs) He was in a 17-hour flight and he smashed his laptop in the chair trying to close the chair because it was a mechanical chair and he was reclining it and everyone's trying to sleep because it's a 17-hour flight, so the lights are off. And he smashes it and he's like, why won't this chair lay down? He's so confusing. And he looks down and his laptop's jammed in it. It was a $2,500 laptop and it's like... And he's like, oh no. So So he's trying to open it and then it battery cracks and like this flame shoots out of the battery and the and like it's the lights are dim in the airplane all of a sudden it's orange light a glow everyone's faces and people are screaming we're gonna die and he doesn't know what to do he instinctively grabs the laptop by the sides and starts running down the plane and he's like oh my word there were muscle-bound dudes who looked like they'd been waiting for this day all their lives so they could take a terrorist down and they're like, we're gonna take you down. Because nobody knows what's happening except for there's people screaming and a dude with a flaming laptop running down toward the cockpit. He's, he's thinking, I'm gonna get to the bathroom. I'm gonna throw it in the toilet and flush it and maybe that'll put it out. The stewardess and him pour coffee all over it and they put it out. And then, of course, he goes into the security thing once they, once they get there and he gets interviewed and, and like he's a terrorist or something. And, and the president of Delta, am I getting this right? Or the CEO of Delta. Yeah calls him on the phone and explains to him that his quick and responsible, his, his, his response probably saved everyone's life, you know, because if the chair catches on fire, and it's bad. But he's like, but I've caused the problem, y'all. He's like, he's like, so I saved everyone's life, but I almost killed him first. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, he, yeah, because he broke his chair, so it would recline slightly, but when it would reach a certain point, it would just fall back with a loud crack. So everyone's finally settling down from the screaming fire incident, and as he's leaning back his chair, yeah, it goes crack, and he falls on his back, and this lady like wakes out of his sleep. I don't want to die. So go ahead and get up. Go ahead and get up. If you guys would like to uh, move out into the aisle and kind of spread out so the youth can access you better, if you need to go, if this is the end of the service for you, we bless you in Jesus' name. And uh, if you're willing to stay a little longer and be patient and receive prayer, I guarantee you there will be some sort of a blessing in that, although I can't tell you what that will be. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're here, Father. We thank you that you're here, Father. We thank you for the flow of your presence. We thank you mostly for your love, Jesus. For your love, Jesus. We thank you for your love. For your love, Jesus. Lord, you really are good. You are good. And what you do is good. You are good and what you do is good. All right, I'm going to start making my rounds too.